2021. We are in Studio 3 at Sunset Sound Recorders in Hollywood, California, and we're with Apollonia Cotero. How are you? Fine, thank you, Drew. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you for coming. This is such a monumental day for me and just a special occasion, you know, to be at this stage in the studio's existence and having you come back after all this time and share these stories, oh. which everybody's wow. been doing lately, and it's just so fulfilling for us and mm -hmm. for even the, the subjects that come in. Um, what's your thoughts when you come back into this legendary room? Well, first and foremost, it's been just an incredible journey this past year. I'm so happy that we're here without our masks, <laughs> vaccinated. Yes. We're in the same studio, Studio 3, where I had to take notes because I want to be perfectly accurate. Uh, Purple Rain was recorded here on that piano. I'm going to get choked up. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> the beautiful okay. one. Baby, I'm a star. I would die for you all here. Oh, yeah. This is, for me, cathartic, uh, full circle to be here again. Yeah. Um, I could feel so much energy, uh, spirits of the past. Big it's, time. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm glad we got connected. Our, you know, our mutual friend, Matthew Batone, uh, came in here. We interviewed him. It was about a year ago. And he's, same thing. He was almost in tears just coming mm -hmm. in here. He's like, the, just the energy and the stories. Yeah. He was back a few weeks ago and we were listening to, because uh, he's uh, working with the estate now to mm -hmm. do the reissue and designs. And uh, he was playing Purple Rain, just the piano track. And we were looking at the piano. And mm. there's nothing much better than that. So, right. uh, yeah, the, it all happened in here. So it's, you know. Cathartic for me. Like I said, I didn't get much sleep. You know, I was nervous, excited, happy, sad. Uh, it's just, uh, I'm Special. speechless, yeah. When was the first time you ever came in this room, or Sunset Sound in general? Wow, the first time, that's a good question. I believe I was in here with Prince. So it was a Prince session, mm -hmm. the first time you came. Mm -hmm. This was after the film, obviously. Yes. Yes, and actually it was during, because we were still doing some pickup shots here in L.A. And we were recording here, and we were recording also in Minnesota. So we were back and forth. It was just, it was At the Kiowa crazy. house? Yes. Is it Kiowa? I always say like uh, American Native Indian, Kiowa, Kiowa <laughs> Trail, right? Trail? Yeah. Beautiful house, a purple house with a lake in the back. Yeah. Um, so let's get back to you, though. It started in San Pedro. That's where you were born? I was born. Uh, I was actually, uh, <laughs> I was created on the Santa Monica Pier and was born in St. John's in Santa Monica, California. Wow. I'm from Dogtown, Venice girl, surfer. I okay. surf. And did you go to high school down in uh, Long Beach, Pedro area? San Pedro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And obviously then you're modeling and taking mm -hmm. auditions. Right wanted to be an actor, a singer. My mom, uh, she had a friend that worked at uh, MGM Wardrobe, so she borrowed her wedding dress. They were married across the street at St. Augustine. So it was inevitable, you know, being born and raised in Hollywood that, you know, I wanted to be an entertainer. Yeah. Did you, were you really familiar with Prince's music and Yes. So you knew I, all about Prince and loved uh, the music. I and did. I used to have his cassette <laughs> and would listen to all of his songs. And I remember it was like this new wave 
guy, you know, this cat, you know, new wave funk. And I remember once watching a 1999 video with my kid brother, and we both had deja vu. And he got choked up, my brother George, who ended up being my leading man in Sex Shooter video. And he says, we're going to work with him one day. We're going to meet him. I remember I looked over and go, what the hell? What are you smoking, man? And he says, no, we're going to And there we were, you know. All of a sudden, we were there. You know, we had, I guess he manifested. And there we were on a set doing Sex Shooter. And my brother was my leading man, and we were part of the Prince world. That's it, tapping into yep. that, you know, 90% of everything is just showing up, and then the yep. things happen. That's right. You believe your own universe. So, you know, I'm semi-familiar. I know that Vanity was, Vanity was originally cast. Mm -hmm. They have some disagreement. Do you know what that was, was even about? Uh, well, they were in a relationship, and uh, their relationship came to an end. I know that she had, you know, particular demands you know, that she wanted to portray a character in a movie called Dreams was the first script. It was, you know, probably very dark, very sexual. Um, things didn't, they didn't work things out, and she left. She and left. She wasn't she, fired. No, she left, and then they had to look for a replacement nationwide. And they went through tons of audition tapes, and mm -hmm. your tape was the last one, mm -hmm. supposedly because it was the best. <laughs> well, I think he's it was the good. Best. Um, I was the last person that auditioned. I was the very last person. The person that exited the casting room right before me was, I've talked about this, Nia Peebles. And I remember she walked out like terrorized, and <gasps> she was like, You're the one. She was, It's your, your, you know, you. I remember I was like, I know. She freaked me out for a second. I thought, oh, she's just trying to throw me off. You know, actors, we do that sometimes, yeah. right? <laughs> trying to throw you off. Or... And uh, I auditioned. I met Al Magnoli, the director, and Bob Cavallo. And there was a third person in there. I think it was Steve Vagnoli, Prince's Managers. And that was here in L.A.? Yes. Mm -hmm. So then what do they say after you auditioned? What, what, were, what did you audition? Did you read some lines from... They the had me read dialogue, or? yes, and then I gave them my, you know, music and video of, you know, acting and singing, and then they asked me to take my shoes off. <laughs> uh, my first thought was like, oh, they're like into feet, <laughs> some strange thing, but they wanted to see, you know, how tall I was, so oh, took I off my you. shoes, and that was it. And yeah. said, thanks for coming in, see you yeah, later. Yeah, thank you, don't call us, we'll call you, and within seven days... They flew me to Minnesota. I met Prince. They flew me back just to have enough time to, you know, gather my clothing suitcase. They hadn't started production yet, right? Uh, they were in pre-production. Okay. Mm -hmm. When was the exact first time you saw Prince? Where were you? What was the temperature? What oh day of the gosh. week, if you could remember? Yeah, that was before production. That was that week. Uh, they flew me out, so... He, Chick comes up to pick me up. They put me at the Holiday Inn, and Prince takes the me out. security guard. Yes, his security guard. God bless his soul. He was wonderful. And he takes me out to lunch to his favorite restaurant. He had spaghetti. We had tea, and we talked. So from there, we went for a long drive. And uh, I remember just the scenery was so beautiful, green, and the cows. So I rolled down the window, and I kind of just sucked my half my body out. And I was like, look, there's cows. It's green. I go, oh my God, my, the sky is blue. Little did I know that, I, you know, like my rear end was like in his face. I wore a purple sweatshirt, you know, like 
ripped up, flash dance. And then he dropped me off the hotel. And um, all of a sudden, someone knocks and his chick. He said, uh, he goes, the kid likes you. He goes, we're going to come back. He goes, we're going to come back, pick you up, we're going to go dancing. He's going to take you out. I said, okay. Oh, rewind real quick. What's he saying to you? Or are you like, he says, I want to go take a ride with you in my purple limo and yeah, we're going to just much. kind of get to know each other? Right. He was quiet though. He just, he didn't say a word. He was like very quiet. He was very shy. And I could feel him looking at me through his peripheral, just looking over. And at that point, I realized that my, I had these slacks and they were pretty beat up. So mm -hmm. I kind of put my hands over them so he couldn't see that they were like beat up because I was really embarrassed. And that was it. It was just quiet. And uh, he didn't really say much. I was doing all the talking. Yeah. How old were you? I was 23. 23. Were you nervous? Uh, no. I was excited to meet him because yeah. I was a, you know, a fan. I liked his music, so I was excited. It was fun. He was sweet. He was so cute. Yeah. And you had worked with celebrities and stuff before mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. And were you dating David Lee Roth then? Yes. Sorry, I'm going to derail <laughs> all over the place. but Diamond Dave. Oh, yes, I did. We were dating. We dated off and on for probably a couple of years prior to me being cast in Purple Rain. Uh, it was not, wasn't exclusive, but whenever we were together, we were exclusive. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, so it was a blast. Okay, sorry, back on to the <laughs> timeline then. So he drops you off, Chick mm -hmm. comes to the hotel room mm -hmm. and says... He says, the kid likes you. He goes, we're gonna come back and pick you up, right? right? So they come back, I wear black spandex and a gold mesh metal blouse, you know, kind of disco and I'm ready. And Chick picks me up and we go to First Avenue. So we walk into First Avenue, and um, it was like Moses had walked in and the parting of the Red Sea because everybody just split. And I was like, oh, wow. Everybody's watching us. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is the dance audition, you know. And I look over, and he looks at me. He goes, oh, Vanity's here. And I was like, <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Vanity was at First Avenue? She was there that night. And After I, they had split? Yeah. Was so she I from thought, Minneapolis? Sorry, I keep She was living up. there. Okay. Yeah. So at that moment, oh, I thought, gosh. I figured it out. Yeah. This was a setup. He set it up. Definitely. He, you know, she, she was there, and she was just beautiful, uh, standing up against a wall underneath a light. So the light, she was being lit. She was all posed out, you know, just beautiful and, you know, <laughs> you know, just, and I remember I was like, oh, my God, you know, and she just was stunning and uh, we sat down he ordered a glass of wine he didn't drink very much yeah and then we went to go dance and that was the whole thing that we danced and we were just dancing so I didn't like bust out my moves and everything did vanity come sit down with you as well no just you no. two. yeah just the two of us yeah but you saw her I saw her yeah and she saw us and on. you know she's looking at him and I'm looking at her and she's looking you know it was just this wow whole, what a scene yeah it was cool <laughs> That is great. So what were you guys dancing to? What was the song? Oh, his music. Okay. Of course, he started playing all of his music, <laughs> you know, and whatever they were playing, they were probably like, Arr! you know, they stopped it and put Prince music. So we were just dancing to his music. Were the patrons in the club being cool and not like yes. running up trying to get no. his autograph or anything? No. It was like They were accustomed to seeing him, so they yeah. always, you know, were always showed great respect to him. 
Wow. So you go back to your hotel that night. Mm -hmm. Does he leave you with a goodnight kiss or? No, he just says, you know, it was very nice meeting you. I said it was a pleasure, you know, and if this doesn't work out, you know, I hope to see you again in the future. Yeah. And wow. um, still leaving you on edge a little bit. Yeah, a little. And then I get a knock on the door and uh, I thought it was him. So I open it and I look this way and it's, I look up, it's Chick. And he brings me a note, which I still have. I didn't bring it with me. I didn't bring it with me. Uh, <sighs> And it says, uh, I hope to see you soon, Apollonia, with a lot of drawings. And I remember he says, and that's when he said, he goes, a kid likes you a lot. He goes, you be good. He goes, don't mess it up. He goes, he really <laughs> likes you. He goes, you're going to be back. And I said, okay. I go, I like him too, a lot. And I said, I like you too. He was so sweet. And I gave him a hug. I had to like, you know, jump on a ladder to grab his, you know, neck. Yeah. And he was just a sweetheart. So next morning you board the plane back to L.A. Yep, Are you I'm feeling gone. confident that you... No, never. You never You never have confidence. You go and you audition, and then you have to forget about it yeah. because, you know, if you keep your hopes up, you know, you're always constantly being, you know, disappointed. Did uh, David Lee Roth pick you up at LAX when you landed? Like, hey, Apollonia, where you been? Well, yeah, he was he, pretty... Yeah, something similar to that. He was jealous then. He was uncomfortable. I remember I went back to his house and I said, hey, I said, uh, I you know, had an audition with Prince. And he was like, who? I go, Prince. I go, you guys are both at Warner Brothers. And Sunset Sound. And I, at that point, sometimes Dave would, you know, he wanted to help my career. He uh -huh. says, you know, I could, you know, take it to Warner's. And I was very defiant, very independent. I wanted yeah. to do it on my own. Sure. So, um, anyhow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get in the, yeah. the David Lee Roth. We were, Peggy <laughs> McCreary was in here. We obviously did extensive work with her, with Prince in the studio mm -hmm. as well as the time and Revolution, everyone else. But um, she also worked with Van Halen and mm. my boy Juizel Zappa was sitting in and everybody was like, quit asking Van Halen questions. We're here for Prince. You know, oh. Prince and Van Halen fans are very protective. Of yeah. Their, oh, their yeah. Artists. They're the best. I remember watching uh, when I first met Dave, uh, he found me in the cover of magazine so he actually booked me as a model to do cream stars cars of the stars and uh he was really sweet he had been watching me modeling and was collecting my magazines and uh we went out for about three months you know and he'd take me out to dinner introduce me to his parents and it took three months for us to be intimate wow mm -hmm. nice. he was really special that's great um, so again, you get back to LA, go home. When's the phone ring? Immediately. I already had messages. My agent had called. And so of course I picked up the phone and called everybody I knew, called my mother, you know, I'm leaving. I have this job. I knew that was special. I had a feeling something special was going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Things do happen like that. So did you know what like this was going to be a giant film? Did you think it was kind of an indie project for him? I mean, he wasn't, you know, Purple Rain took him to Stratosphere, where he right. was just the biggest thing in the world. But yeah. before that, you know, he was just an artist, kind of. Did you know that this film was going to be something big? Did you feel that it was? I did when we were watching the dailies. There was uh, a moment that I was watching the dailies, and then he walked me back into my hotel room at the Holiday Inn, and he sat down on this little sofa chair and I said you know you're going to get the Oscar I go not for an as an actor I go but for your music so he he 
like pretended he slipped off the chair and he stood up and he says, you think so? I go, yes. I go, get your Oscar suit ready. I knew it at that moment. I knew that something spectacular was happening, but I didn't know. I even put my hands, uh, hand prints, and I put my name outside of his house, the purple house, uh, in front of his dad, John. I said, if I can't be at Grauman's, you know, I'm going to sign it here. And I did my hand prints and everything at the purple house. Wow. That's cool. So, but beforehand, you didn't know, you didn't think, wow, this is going to be something like gigantic. No. This is Mm-mm. just a role I got, and it's right. cool, and Prince mm-hmm. is a star, and you'd been around celebrities and movie stars, and you're drop dead gorgeous, still are. Thank you. So, you had a ton of confidence. And did, what kind of preparation did you have to do? Like dance classes or anything to get prepared, or were you just. I was ready. Yeah. I was at the right place at the right time, and I was ready. I was ready to dance. Yep. Like I said, it was cathartic. It was that moment in time that I just knew I had to bust my ass. Uh, when you really think about dance classes, I know that the whole team, you know, the cast had been studying and taking vocals and dance with Vanity. Uh, but if you really look in terms of the mood of Sex Shooter, that's a slow groove. Yeah. You know, we're not going to, you know, not going to floss it or, you know do the running man and so it's a just it's a real sensual vibe yeah but I know that they were studying what um so you get to the call you get the job then you how long was it before you take off for Minneapolis then everything went on within seven days so boom you're on set yep cast cast go time no times no sleep working seven days a week recording rehearsing yeah writing you were recording with him while you were filming the movie? Yes. Are there projects of you two out there that have never seen the light of day? Uh, there, it's possible. Uh, there's one that's probably near the end of his life, but I'm sure there's probably in the vault. I know there was a partial list in the vault released by someone at the estate. Uh, there's a currently something he did for me before he passed away. There's a, a dance album for me for Apollonia. He also was putting together a movie for Apollonia 6 in the capacity of Purple Rain. Yeah. Yeah, so he had a lot of plans, many plans. Whatever happened with that project? I mean, was there anything ever shot of it or no. it was just an idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have some fan questions, a ton of them actually, and we have questions from Qu- Questlove. Questlove. As always. <laughs> we, we love Questlove. Have you met him numerous times? Questlove, yes. Yeah. We went to see a Laker game uh, oh, yeah? before Prince passed away. Yeah, we just went, hung out, and and then I introduced him to a dear friend of mine, uh, Supermensch, Shep Gordon. So yeah. I know, you know, Questlove was a huge fan. And I live on Oahu, so I, I know Shep and his family. So I introduced them. And Questlove and, and ends up staying at the house, and I haven't. <laughs> but let's, I, I want to get an idea of what it was like there. So, you know. You hadn't been in a feature film before. Yes, I had. You had been mm-hmm. in one. Which, what was the name of it? Oh, gosh, there's several. I worked in Mexico and South America, movies in Spanish, and like Night Shift, you okay. know. I was edited from that, so I've been, you know, miniseries. Yes. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. No, not as a lead. I Always a co-star. Yeah, so this was a big deal. Were you, but you weren't nervous. You were just excited. You got there. 
it was a big deal, but I thought when I was opposite Ricardo Montalban on Fantasy Island, that was a big deal. <laughs> That's cool. You know, I got to kiss Bob Denver Gilligan. <laughs> that was a big deal. You know, miniseries, uh, Hanta Yo, The Mystic Warrior for ABC, and after it premiered, Marlon Brando went on TV and dissed the shit out of it, and I was so thrilled because I thought, he saw me. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> Oh, the stories you must have of oh, this town. But see, that's the problem with even doing this with you. There's 33 years of my life knowing Prince. I have the life before that, and then, you know, the life after. And, you know, I smoke weed with Robert Mitchum at the Golden Globe Awards. You know, I'm there because of Prince, little Drew Barrymore. And then Bob says, because we had the same agent, Robert Mitchum, Bob says, let's go out and have a cigarette. Go to have, let's go have a smoke. And I was like, sure. And I'm out there in a the gown. He pulls out a joint. And I thought to myself, I'm going to get, I'm going to smoke with Robert Mitchum. You know, he was the first bad boy. He was the first Sean Penn. So, you know, my life is very colorful. I've met so many different people and so many great stories. I'm so blessed. How was Prince on set? Was he, did he have trouble acting? I think he should have been nominated uh, for an actor. I think uh, Clarence Williams III should have been nominated for Best Supporting. Uh, he was great during the scenes where, you know, he's fighting, the parents are fighting. We were on the other side, you know, watching, and we both were crying. And then he does a scene with the parents and he's crying. I was crying, I was real quiet. Those scenes to me, he was wonderful. He really, you know, I mean, it wasn't Marlon Brando, James Dean. I'm not Meryl Streep or Kate Blanchett, but damn, we did a great job, all of us. You yeah. Know? There was great chemistry. How much influence did he have on set of what kind of happened? Because it was loosely based on his life. Loosely, yeah. yeah. The script was taken from Dreams, rewritten by Albert Magnoli, who mm -hmm. rewrote, pitched the story to Prince. Um, he was on set. Like I said, he was working seven days a week. He worked so hard. I don't know if he ever sleep was sleeping, you know. Would you guys film like 12-hour days, 14-hour yeah. days? Or, yeah. Was he, and he was recording. Yep. I mean, he kind of had the attitude, if I'm alive, I'm going to make music. Yep. <laughs> That's right. He would, you know, hot coffee, a lot of candy, sugar, keep him, you know, going. Uh, I'd be in my hotel room exhausted. For example, this is a funny story. Uh, one night I'm exhausted in my hotel room and at the Holiday Inn. He calls me up and he says, I need some, I need for you to write a story in Spanish. I need some lyrics. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell the story. And um, so I said, okay. And I'm exhausted, right? So he says, you know, the girl and this and that and the sex and it's, oh, and she's, you know, the orgasm. And I was like, okay. So he says, I'll call you right back. So I write the story in Spanish. He calls me back and I give it to him. In the meantime, I had to call my mom to make sure that I had the correct spelling in Spanish. You know, I wanted to be clear and precise. So he calls me up. I give him the lyrics. And I said, here it is. And the spelling and everything, half hour on the phone. And that was it. So years later... I approach my sister, legend, Jill Jones, and I said, you know Mia Boca? She goes, yeah. She's like, yeah. <laughs> Jill, like she's right, right in your face. 
And I said, you know, anyways, and I, and I told the story. I said, so I did this, and then he called me, and da 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 and I did the, the lyrics, and those Spanish lyrics, I wrote those. And she says, hmm. She says, Prince told me that he got the lyrics. He called the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> and I started laughing. I go, I'm the Mexican restaurant. Oh, so... That's what he was doing, and I, I assume that he didn't want her to know because I'm the new girl, and why would I be putting lyrics on? So, you know, he was keeping the peace. Yeah. But he told her it was a Mexican restaurant. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> Had you and Vanity spoke? When was the first time you met Vanity? I met her after we made the movie. She wanted to meet me, so I took her out to her favorite French restaurant, Le Sur, on Ventura with little Susan Moonsey. Oh wow! What and a I took yeah, I took her out to dinner. Did she call your agent and say hey? I no, wanna... it was through little Susan. Okay, she put you guys together. Mm -hmm. Was Susan dating Prince then at that time? That is a question that I think she should answer. I can't answer that. I don't know. And she just wanted to say hi. Or... She wanted to meet me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you guys go to dinner and yeah. Was it friendly and fun and? It was fun. Um, a little resentment. Not on my part. I mean, I was I was very. Uh, I always admired her. Um, she asked me what I was doing, and I had just been offered a movie, uh, The Last Dragon. Uh, Suzanne DePass had wanted to sign me at Motown. And I remember I told Prince. I said, "I'm going to be at Motown. I'm going to be the first Mexican at Motown." He says, "Is the script better than ours?" I said, "No," and I had the script. He drop kicked it in my apartment, and it flew across my apartment. <laughs> the Last Dragon. So I told her, I said, hey, I said, I'm going to be doing this movie. And then she just gave me this look. She got up. She went and called Barry Gordy. And the f it was a really tough call. I can't repeat what she said. I'm saving that for my memoirs. And I sat there like, oh, my God. And she, then she came back and sat down I'm like, <sighs> and then we just, you know, continued. But she was shouting. Yeah. Yeah, and ultimately I didn't do the film, of course. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she was. She cast. Did. I remember yeah. growing up on that movie. It was yeah. awesome. It was like kind of funk. Uh, mm -hmm. What was the guy's name? Seth, you remember? Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. Oh, sure enough. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was like I remember that was a great film. Oh. So you guys go to dinner and meet, talk, say bye. And mm -hmm. Did you not see her again for decades, or would you no. run into her once in a while? I would run into friends? her at events, and you know. We would take photos together. She had a rough life yes. later on. Yes, tragic. Drugs. Yep, sad. This business eats you alive and is specifically difficult for women. It's such a misogynistic business. It uh -huh. still is. You know, corporate runs everything. The banks are running, you know. The lunatics of, uh, are running the asylum, basically, is yes. the way I look at it right now. So, yes, it was very difficult for her, and it was incredibly tragic when she passed away I felt like I lost a piece of myself mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking yeah that's tough I <laughs> yep um, so I don't want you to be upset but um, <laughs> the I movie wraps um, what did Prince eat on set every day anything Prince would eat on set a lot of candy uh, he, he was very healthy. We used to do beef 12, B12 shots. I never saw him really drink. You know, uh, he drank once, and I took care of him. He's a little tipsy. But uh, he was healthy, healthy. He would make for me raisin toast uh, 
raisin toast sandwiches, cheese sandwiches, grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and you've made spaghetti. He would always cook me pancakes and eggs. I like my eggs poached. Where would he cook the food at? Holiday Inn? At his house. Okay. So yeah. you were hanging I, out yeah, a lot I over spent, there. But you had the room at Holiday Inn, too. Yes. That's where the studio put you. I actually spent uh, pretty close to a week at his house. I slept there. After the Lake Minnetonka scene, I got really sick. So he took care of me. Wow. We slept in the same bed. Wow. He was always respectful. Gentleman. Always a gentleman. Yep. I was sicker than a dog. I would lay underneath his piano, and he would play. And he goes, why are you laying down there? I said, the acoustics are fantastic. So he would just play, and I would lay there just funky snots. And I used to think, well, I got enough film in the can. I had pajamas. I was just, ugh. I, you know, I was just sick. You had, like, the flu or something. Yeah, right? the lake. Yeah, I was like, it was cold out there. Yeah. When, what month did you guys shoot that? We were there September, October. We got back so by fall. Christmas. Yeah. Was, okay. Yep. I'm just obsessed with every detail, as a, as is everybody. Um, I had this great question I have to ask you. That's <laughs> kind of on the lines of these: the barn scene oh. was the sex scene. Right. Why did that get cut out? Uh, well, that's the great mystery, right? Um, unfortunately, from we're, what we're finding out that a lot of the outtakes don't exist anymore. And uh, that was an issue of, of Fire and Warners. But that scene was very, very tame. Uh, Al was there, and we had Donald Thorin. Mm -hmm. It was a small crew. We were both terrified. I was perspiring profusely. You could see it in the photos. And uh, Prince wore, you know, undies, and I had, you know, undies. and. <laughs> I remember, you know, Al says, I just want you to lean in and just kiss. And that was, was it. First you time know? you kissed him then? Was on camera? Yes, yes, yes. And we kissed and we were both nervous. Uh, I was just terrified. You know, those kind of scenes aren't easy to do. No way. And especially, you know, with someone like him. And the beautiful thing that I have to say is that in all that time I was looking at him, he kept his eyes on my eyes, nowhere else. He was professional. Was he nervous? Yes. We were both terrified. We were trembling. We were scared. How many takes? One time. No. Yep. One time yep. you guys got that? The, the first love, try. The love scene yeah. in his room also. We were terrified. He brought uh, a little ghetto blaster and he started playing some music. And we just pretty much improvise. Al Magnoli says, I want you to do this and that, grab her leg, and a lot of it was imp improv, you know. Really? Yes. It was that like was a dance. It was a sexy scene. It was a sexy dance. Yes. So, because Prince and I never dated, we did put our passions that we had towards each other on film. And that I realized at my age now. It's like, that's what we did, is that we put all of that, that tense, feeling of, you know, uh, excitement and, you know, I thought he was cute and, you know, he liked me, but it was all for the film. Yeah. So it worked. If he wanted to date you, would you have entertained the idea? No. Really? You would yeah. have turned down Prince. I'd date Prince. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it, we never, it was never that way. He always treated me very much like he put me on a pedestal, like a mom, like a little sister, like a daughter. 
But again, you know, he was difficult. We had our, you know, our arguments. Sure. Always. You'd stand up to him. Oh, yeah. I, I was the one that would say no or, you know, A, B, and C, and he'd be like, you know, make his faces. But I know that I was able to get his respect, you know, so... Prince wanted everyone to sing like him, dress like him. Yes. You know, he's a tyrant. And, yes, we, um, we did. <laughs> did you feel that that was robbing you of your kind of identity or your music or your, you know, goals maybe? At the time, I didn't think about it. I don't think any of us thought about it. We were just so honored, you know, that he created clothes for me. And uh, the fact that he was, he picked alphas. In females and males, he yeah. created legends. So the fact that we were able to, you know, dress like him, or you know, he wanted to sing a certain way or dance a certain way, is an honor. And I never thought twice about, you know, oh, I'm going to regret this. I mean, I was grateful yeah. that I was selected and excited. Uh, yeah, all you're of so it. So young, still. and I'm yeah. learning so much. Every time he was in the studio, he had me here. I was writing lyrics for him. Really. We both, and this is something that I've been, you know, for I don't know how many years now, um, at my apartment on King's Road and at La Park, we both wrote, we both co-wrote Manic Monday and The Glamorous Life. Time out. <laughs> Red flag on the field. Let's rewind. <sighs> Manic Monday. Yes. You have an apartment on King's Road. Hold on. I yes, sir. Take this out of the, the camera. <laughs> we can edit that out. But... Okay, and go ahead. <laughs> so, since he liked my poetry and haikus, he gave me, we went, he went to a store called Oz on Sunset Boulevard, and he bought this for me so I could write lyrics. And Prince gave you that book right there. Yep. And it's purple. And in here, these are the pages that were taken from Manic Monday and The Glamorous Life. My poetry, my haikus. Wow. So he made sure that I was in the studio. He goes, I want you to learn. And then I would float him lyrics like the ones for Jill and for, you know, other songs that I have to start really looking to see what this is about, you know, where all these lyrics are because he had me there. Yeah. And uh, Manic Monday comes from, comes from the word Sunday. My, I don't have to run day. It's a day after Sunday before Monday. We all need to have that day to rest to get us ready for Monday. And he was like, what? I go, it's Monday. My, I don't have to run day. So those lyrics, 50-50, Prince and myself co-wrote. That's story about me and my life. And the same goes for the glamorous life. I took Prince to go visit Marilyn at Brentwood to see Marilyn's plaque or her resting place. I took Prince to the Max Factor Museum. I took him to store shopping, you know, Glamour, Hollywood. And uh, I remember one day he said something about, you know, a price of something. He said, well, you have to ask for the price, and that means you can't afford it. And uh, he said, start writing. Just start writing everything. So that's how that came about. Wow. We both co-wrote those songs together on my mother's life who just passed away. I believe you. Uh, <sighs> are you credited with any writing on it or publishing? No. Did Susanna Hoff many of us later in life ever or know about this? Yes, she does. As a matter of fact, I have a a, a little I don't know. Oh I yeah, the Instagram thing we were watching yeah. earlier. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. so I have a, a little video of Susanna Hoff. So I was a big fan of the Bengals. I love the Beatles. So I went to go see them perform. Then I bought uh, the tape. You know, Hero Takes a Fall. 
And I love that song. So I said to Prince, I said, I know someone you're going to love. Her name is Susanna Hoffs, the Bangles. And then I started, hero takes a phone. So I started like humming it for him. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. And he was like, okay, let's hear it. And then we watched the video. And there's a scene where she's wearing a little like nurse outfit or no, it's a, like a little maid. And she's singing and she's doing that oh, oh, and she's leaning forward and back. And I can see him like looking like, oh, because <laughs> you know what she looks like she's doing? And I was like, ah, I don't want to know. So <laughs> I made that introduction and I said, she should do the song. And he said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm a songwriter. This is great. I could, you know, float this song over to Sheila E to the Bangles. I was so honored. I was so thrilled because my my haikus, you know, at school, they were winning awards in my poetry. So he took my lyrics and it gave me validation as a songwriter. Of course. You know, I'm an actor and I write stories. So that to me was just, it changed my life. Throughout the years, I always waited, you know, for the publishing. I never fought him, I never sued him. But the one thing that I am gonna say is that Prince, two years before he passed away, was writing his wrongs. He talked about the songs. He talked about Apollonia 6. Before he passed away, he reached out to us because he asked for our bank accounts. Because he wanted to, he wanted to pay us, Susan, Brenda, and myself. And when we saw him, we saw him uh, <clears throat> February 28th, 2016 about six weeks before he passed away and he was telling me his plans and what he wanted to do and he saw Jill Jones and he saw little Susan and uh, he's talked again about the songs. He talked again about you know the money that was owed to Apollonia 6. I don't like talking in terms of money. He knows that. I never fought about you know my publishing and my performance and you know the movie sales and all of that but I know that he was righting his wrongs. He was doing due diligence for us. He was taking care of Susan, Brendan, myself. Wow. <sighs> yeah, I've never spoken about that publicly, but it's, I really feel that I'm here today because I have to set the story straight. Sure. And for me, the truth is setting me free. S silence, you become complicit. Yeah, the truth, the truth has endurance, and I want to just be, you know, transparent. I need for our purple family, the public, to know what yep. he was doing, my participation, his. There's just so much. There's it's such a rich story that I know um, I have to tell it differently. Yeah, I think everybody, and I told you on the phone that I'd love to hear, a, you know, a book from you. Oh, yes. Are you planning on writing one? Yes. In 2016, uh, Prince calls me up. We, for the last two years of his life, we spent a lot of time, you know, I, we celebrated our 30th anniversary at Paisley Park. He had a party for me. Wow. He had Third Eye Girl uh, perform for me. That's he filmed awesome. it on infrared, so it's there. He played all of our songs, and he played some rock and roll songs. So, like I said, he had plans he wanted to do films, more music. And uh, at that point, he started talking about what he wanted to do. And he would call me up. For example, he bought the house in Minnesota where his parents lived. So he goes, hey, I'm, 
bought the house. I go, really? He goes, yeah, it's going to go through escrow. I said, hurry up because I'm going to go move in there. And there was a pause, right? I go, no, seriously, I'm going to go move in there and I could hang out with, you know, the neighbors. Uh, he just, like I said, he, would, he called uh, to let me know that he was getting his music back. I cried on the phone. And that's a day that I, um, that was like, that was 2014, like April. He called me up before we celebrated our 30th anniversary uh, that summer, June 28th. And he said, I'm getting my music back. That's when I got the chance to thank him. I thanked him for picking me. And he started crying. He says, you're making me cry. I said, I've never thanked you. I said, because of you, I could put food on the table for my family. Because of you, I work. I go, thank you so much for picking me. I said, I love you once, I love you twice. I love you more than beans and rice. I go, that's a lot for this Mexican. He says, you're making me cry. And his voice cracked. But I got to thank him. That's, you know, again, I've had people that passed away, and I people have said this about Prince, that do you think he knew that his days were numbered in some sense? I don't know. I only know is that I had plans to go see him that week, and then I was going to bring Susan and Brenda. Yes, I had a feeling something was not right when... Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like when my, yep. even my grandmother, I've had friends, there's yep. that last conversation you have, and it's like, wow, this is a really special time that, right you know wow this person's great this you really identify with the moment kind right. of and then you know somebody passes it on yep but there's it's almost instinctual or something well what were you going to go to paisley park for i wanted to go see him okay just to, as a friend there wasn't a yes but i had a feeling something didn't seem right because he had his you know manager or woman uh reach out to me to ask for my account number and i knew that was something was you know that wasn't didn't sound right. Yeah. So I called her, and this was after the emergency landing, and I called her up, and I was yelling at her, and I said, "What happened?" I, I remember I was crying. I said, "What happened?" She was, "Oh no no, calm down, calm down. He's just he has a flu. He had to get liquids. He has a flu." And I said, "A flu? He just performed." I remember I was really just not buying it, but I have so much respect for Prince. I didn't fly out there and just show up you know, and pound the doors. I didn't do that. I have respect for him. But I had a feeling, so I called Susan and Brenda. I said, I'm going to get out there. I had my suitcase ready, and I had some gifts for him. And I had the, the uh, enamel pin of uh, David Chappelle <laughs> pancakes. And then I had this purple shirt that says, Real Men Wear Purple. I still have it. And uh, I was on my way over there, and she lied to me. Uh, he had enablers there with him, and they kept us away. Really? So you were in Minneapolis, and they wouldn't no, let you come no, to the park? No, I, no, I didn't go out there. Okay. They wouldn't, you know, I was calling. Gotcha. Yeah, they were, you know, taking the calls, and, no, oh, don't worry, he's fine. He's yeah. going to call you. It's going to be okay. It wasn't okay. And this was Moline, Illinois, where the plane had landed. He had mm -hmm. overdosed yes. then, right? I think so, Yes. Yeah, I knew something was, that didn't sound right, that he was uh, getting fluids because of a cold. And I don't know why they lied to me. They had to protect him. I mean, I don't think so. I don't know? think they were protecting him. If they were protecting well, they him, he'd still they, be alive. Of course. Yeah, yeah they so weren't protecting those people him, are they... enablers. They know who they are. Some of them had to hire uh, criminal lawyers. I'm not going to even say their names because I wouldn't waste my breath. Yeah, that's. 
a horrible situation. Um, he obviously needed help and somebody to be real with him. Yep. <clears throat> wow. Yep. So you, Brenda, and Susan, and Jill, and Jill would still talk, and mm -hmm. he would communicate with all of you, or you more. Uh, I don't know if he had talked to the girls. I know that he was talking to me. The mm -hmm. last, you know, I mean, I always had a friendship with him. I think the only time I didn't hear from him for about maybe four years is when he was married to uh, Manuela Testolini. About four years, and then they were still married. And he called me because I don't know. I did an interview, <laughs> and they misquoted me. So he calls me up because I read what you said. <laughs> I, I never talk about none y'alls. And I was like, I recorded it. I didn't say that. They misquoted me. I said, you taught me to always record my interviews. I said, if you want, I'll send you the tape. So you watching TV? Because you could hear the TV. You know, I was like, yeah. So that was it. You know, just chit chat. He wouldn't stay angry very long with me. Back to 23 years of age, you know, this movie's made by, for $7 million. It does $70 million. Um, You know, you didn't think it was going to be as big as it was. Did someone counsel you kind of on fame then? Because obviously you were just the it girl of, you know, everything. You know, that's a, a an incredible question because nobody gets counseled on fame, and that's why so many famous people don't survive life. Uh, no, nobody ever coached. I mean, it was just part of, you know, my DNA as an actor to work, to get the auditions. Yeah. You know. How did you accept it, though? I mean, within a year, you know, you were auditioning, mm -hmm. and then next thing you know, you're in this giant film with one of the biggest stars, and it goes crazy. The soundtrack is the best thing ever. How did you react to it? I was grateful. I was excited, uh, still in disbelief. Yeah. I mean, even to this day, you know, I still think back and how grateful I am. Absolute gratitude. It changed my life. Uh, years, it was a little bit before uh, the making of Purple Rain, before I auditioned, I bought, I used to get Rolling Stone subscription, and it was one of Prince and Vanity, and I remember Oh my god! I get I get like verklempt every time I talk about this, and I remember I put the magazine in you know my apartment on the carpet, and I was looking at them, and I looked at her and I looked at him and I was like, gosh, she looks just like you know, like my type. That's me. I'm Mexican. I can yeah. make it in this business, and I walked around it and I kept thinking, I want to be special like them. I want to be special just like them. They're special, and they wear purple. I mean, I my school, my school clothes are always in purple. My mom's favorite color was purple, and I had to prove it to Prince. I had to, you know, let me see the photos. So I, you know, missing tooth from school, but that magazine, I still have it. I kept it. That magazine was telling me something about these people. But I would look at little Susan, at Vanity, Denise, Matthews, and Prince, and of course Brenda looked amazing. But they looked like me, and that gave me, a, you know, it gave me hope because I would always lose a job to the girl next door, the all-American blonde. You know, my agent had some famous women. Yeah. You know, he was known for having, you know, and they were all-American. So I thought, when am I going to get a <laughs> shot, you know? I'm Mexican. I was the only Mexican selected as a Rams cheerleader in a populated city like Los Angeles, which is highly, you know, populated with Latinos. I was the only Mexican. So 
someone like Prince opened the door to all of us. I used to say that we were a Benetton of colors back then because you had your Jewish, light skin, dark skin, Mexican, this, you know, we all can. We're cans and we can. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> back to um, the film. Was he dating Susan at some point then too? I, I don't know. All I mean, it's, you know, it's been said that he was dating Denise and Susan yeah. and a couple of others. All I know is that when I jumped on set, I remember I told my agent I was really nervous because I thought it was going to be like a purple orgy, <laughs> you know, bodies and everything. Um, but there was a lot of uh, sexual energy during the production. But they weren't boyfriend girlfriend on set where they were holding hands everywhere. I didn't see him with anybody, but we all knew that, you know, like this person, nameless, was, you know, there's a couple of girls that are extras. Oh, she got a featured little part, no dialogue. And I would see that, you know, there was, everybody was, you know, it's a set, people date, you sure. know, people yeah. get lonely. It's the 80s. Yeah, cinematographer, right, Craig Denault. Uh, he was dating Morgan Fairchild and she shows up on set and everybody thought that she was Prince's leading lady. Oh, wow. Which was, and then I end up working with her a little bit later on Falcon Crest. Small world. <laughs> Big time. Oh, my goodness. So, back to the fame, though. How does, well, you know, no one counseled you on fame. How does fame compare to now, in 2021, where you can oh. be famous for nothing? Wow. Today with you can cancel. Be famous on TikTok, cancel culture, cancel everything. Culture. You know, when you were famous back then, it was real fame almost, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yes, that's true. You had to do something. You had to hire a publicist. You'd have to go out and do, you know, interviews for magazines, TV, you know, worldwide press. I did publicity for Purple Rain, the film, worldwide. I did press with Susan and Brenda worldwide. I publicized the film and you know, the soundtrack, Purple Rain, Morris Day, uh, Apollonia 6, and Dez. I would, I would plug all of the music, like I said, worldwide. So yeah. that was different than today with social media. That's frightening. Oh, my gosh. We would have been, like, in trouble all the time. <laughs> yeah. Prince, and everything Prince would have done behind closed doors would be out in the public somehow. Oh, yeah. He was he, very private. Could you imagine, though, like, you know, I mean, today, what, you know, what's happening with social media and it, there's so much transparency, you know, even when you're not, you know, allowing it. I mean, people come and put cameras and you know, you've got TMZ and, you know, I body cams. Can you imagine if I had a body cam on set? I would love that. Can you imagine Prince doing like an Instagram story? Or being on <laughs> he was on Twitter. Prince. Would he actually he would, write? Yeah, tweets? he announced us when we went to go see him perform in San Fran, Oakland. He uh, put our names on the marquee, wel welcoming us to the show. Wow. I have a screenshot of it. I posted it. It was. Th I was like, so when when I knew he was on Twitter, I would make sure that I would post certain things like "I love you, Skipper," because I knew he was checking out my social media. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, he's spying on my stuff. How would you get in touch with him? Uh, call his manager? No, I would call, I would just call Paisley Park and then they would put me through someone and someone, or I would have his assistant. I had my go-to person that uh -huh. I would call. But usually it's like that story that he calls you 
he would call me direct many times or sometimes he would like have someone Prince is going to call you and I was like oh here we go again I'm like I'm old man I'm like an old lady you know just pick up the phone and call me direct and then he would just call direct hello hello I was like hi <laughs> it's Prince and I'm like Duh. I know <laughs> wow oddly satisfying <laughs> it's it's just so incredible. I mean, every time I come in this room, which you know is just every day almost, and it's just so like we were talking about the energy. But I mean, it, it looks exactly like it did back then. You yes, know? it does. That nineteen oh seven Steinway back there has done so much work. He would sit down, and Peggy'd be in there, and the lights right. would be dimmed, and he would just play piano for hours. He would play and play, and I remember there were times where I have to say that Prince was editor and programmer and engineer. I know he had engineers, but he basically did it all himself. Sometimes he'd be like, way is that? <laughs> She's making coffee. <laughs> you know, and he'd be, and he'd just do it himself. You know, and I'm not minimizing, you know, their participation because they were, yeah. you know, brilliant. But he was just doing it all. Sure. And they taught him a lot, too. Like mm -hmm. Peggy taught him how to punch himself in and, you know, run the oh, tape yeah, machine. Of course. And he would be a one-man show sitting at that. Of course, but he would never say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a Mexican restaurant. That's what he would say, right? That's funny. <laughs> when you were promoting Purple Rain, you're dating David Lee Roth. You knew him. You're hanging out with mm -hmm. him. Did Prince say that to call that off? I touched on it a little bit earlier, but did he oh. say we can't have this going on anymore? When I was in Minneapolis filming, uh, Dave had sent flowers. To and the set. Yeah. Or to, the to, to, the to the Holiday Inn. And one day I went down to the production office at the Holiday Inn. And there were flowers, and there was a card, and I was like, <gasps> I was like, oh, he was, he didn't let me get the flowers, so. Because he was with you, or? Well, he didn't, he didn't want me to be seen with anybody else. He wanted to be the one to discover me. Yeah. You know, so when I was sick at his house, he starts imitating. This is a funny story. So I'm sick, and he gets on the piano, and he stands on the piano. And he says, who's this? And I looked over and he jumps off the piano in his living room at the Purple House and he touches his toes. And he does a ah, and he did it. And I looked over and I said, excuse me. I said, I'm sorry, I didn't see that. I did, but I made him do it again. So he gets back up, you know, in his heels on the piano and he does it again. And I go, oh, I know who you are. Who you are. He was imitating David Lee Roth. <laughs> and I don't really believe Prince did that number, that those splits, before that moment. Wow. Because I've looked for him doing those on stage, and I don't see that. So I know that afterwards he did that. So he could have been influenced by DLR doing I that. believe so, yes. You know, he's like, like I was saying, he's like Rodin. I always felt like Camille Claudel. Yeah. You know, he would do the outline and, you know, you come in and fill. And I'm not the only one that did that. You know, uh, Jill Jones, for example, you know, legend, vocalist. I could sing. She's a vocalist. You could sing Happy Birthday. She sings opera. She's an, she, her vocals are everywhere, uncredited. Yep. You know, so. I was, we were talking that, about that with Peggy. Mm -hmm. You know, being in such an intimate setting like that, though, at his house, weren't you in love with him? Yes, I still am. Didn't you? I mean, I love our DP. I love Seth, but I, you know, 
Drew, man, you should have been there. Drew. I love every, like, I love you, but I don't, you know. Prince. I would, I would imagine you would have fallen in love with I him. I did. So you would have then, back to my previous question, you would have entertained the idea of being with no. him. So you were in love with him, but you yes. didn't want to be with him. But it wasn't that kind of love. It wasn't a sexual love. It was a love of... It was a friendship love. Compassion, like family. It was beautiful. And it was powerful because we became friends for 33 years to where he would pick up the phone and call me. Yeah. And there was never, you know, and I would say no, or, you know, we would argue. And no, you shouldn't do this. And, you know, let's do this. And then he would, when he would get upset, he would imitate me. Well, let's do this. You know, so, yeah, no. He didn't see me that way and I didn't see him. I know the public wanted, you know, I've said it, I said it when, you know, back then in 84, the public wanted us to get married and have little kids holding little purple balloons with the cute little cheeks like him. And Was there you know. a PR campaign with Warner Brothers <laughs> or the producers that kind of wanted to, I mean, obviously they wanted to sell the film and the idea mm -hmm. of you two being in love and mm -hmm. the music and. The movie sold itself, the music sold itself. Sure, but yeah. at the same time, you guys are photographed, you guys are out and about in Hollywood or wherever. Mm -hmm. When Did they ever tell you like, hey, don't date anybody? Just because no. they wanted to market the film and everything. Well, Prince was Seems the one like that said. That. Prince was the one that said, "Don't go out with someone famous in public until the movie kind of settles." Okay. And I was like, "Okay." And you know, Dave, that was not cool for Dave and myself. And you know, Dave was on the road. It wasn't like you know. I mean, he was you know entertaining. He had his paternity <laughs> suit. Remember his paternity insurance. <laughs> so I knew that when Dave was out, you know, he belonged to the world. And that was a fun thing is that when we'd see each other, it was fun, you know, so. How'd you end, end it with Dave or did it just kind of dissipate? Um, we would see each other after the movie. Okay. You know, I'd go to, you know, his shows. We'd go and hang out. I had to do, uh, there was one award show once. Uh, I, I don't know, it was a, American Music or one of those. And at the end, um, we went home. I went home with him. I was either his limo or mine and I jumped into his and you know. Did you meet Eddie? Oh, yes. I met them all. Wow. They were wonderful guys. They were so cool. Pete Angelus, his art director, yeah. also really great guy. At, they had an office on Sunset Boulevard at the old athletic club. Yeah, right It was the street. building with the girls. They had bellhops, little girls in like hot pants. And they That's would cool. take the elevator, you know, and then you'd walk into Dave's office. And it was a big statue of David naked with all kinds of writing and his, his room in Pasadena, his house, I believe uh, that's where his, you know, his family, I met his family there. His room, all of his lyrics were on the wall. He would write all of his lyrics on the wall, Dave. You don't remember the set list of any of those Van Halen shows, no, do you? <laughs> I know, I know. I remember just looking. I, I knew at the time, I said, this is, I go, this is where you put your lyrics? He goes, yeah. Wow. Sugar. Call me Sugar. Incredible. Yeah, and the last I saw him was when he was at the Forum. For a show? When uh, Dave performed. I went to go see him. I don't know. Oh, solo stuff. Yeah. It's weird that he wouldn't have brought you in here because they did five albums in here. You think that it would have said like... No, I, you know, I don't and think... And Prince he... was in here. So in like 80... <laughs> let's get let's get down to this. So 1984 then? Mm -hmm. That would be about right? Mm -hmm. So they would have been working on... Diver Down? Yeah, yep. Diver Down. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, Prince would have been in here working on... Yep. Uh, Sign of the Times Parade? Probably, What yeah. was after Purple Rain? 
Oh gosh, I don't know. Is it? Uh, I got nine million YouTubers yeah. <laughs> yelling the answer right now. It's so many. I mean, so many. Tunes. But that's crazy though that the Van Halen would have been in studio two, and then Prince yeah. is in here in three. So is your phone ringing off the hook after Purple Rain and everybody? I mean, JFK Jr. You dated for a little bit. Yes. And was he one of the first calls? That's you know everybody sees in this. <laughs> you drop dead gorgeous. You're in this huge blockbuster movie. And is your agent just like, okay, this person called, this person called? I got those calls from the producers, you know, and the usual people that, you know, would take you out to lunch and then dangle movies. And I was pretty hip to That still happens today. Yeah, of course. (laughs) The guy in jail right now, a few of them. (laughs) Right, that's right. Uh, Please tell me how you met JFK Jr. Uh, Back east, traveling, working. And he got in touch with you and wanted to take you to dinner? and yes. But I was very uh, private about that friendship. Yeah. I didn't feel that it was for the public because of all the uh, attention, you know, of my friendship with Prince. So I wanted to be careful. Yeah. I didn't do any red carpets. He didn't like that. You know, I wasn't, it just wasn't something that I wanted to exploit. Were you guys boyfriend, girlfriend? No. You were just friends. Yeah. We just dated, hung out. Gotcha. (laughs) You're intimate. He's such a great person, though, and life, you know, tragically sh- cut short. Yes. Um, it's just fascinating. So after um, <clears throat> Purple Rain, then Prince is immediately back in the studio, mm-hmm. constantly. And mm-hmm. then when he's doing, you know, they did the three songs. Well, they tracked, you know, a lot of it at First Avenue. Right. And then come back to this room to do overdubs. Were you here hanging out then, you said? Mm-hmm. Just in the room. Mm-hmm. You and him and the revolution or? Him. Usually when he was on his own, you know. Uh, I really believe that he felt that when he was working with other artists, other collaborators, he was focused on them. And I know that I wasn't going to distract. Yeah. But he would have me, you know, listening and watching everything he was doing. Where would you sit in this room? In the control room over here? In the control room or on the other side of the piano or play basketball. This has to mean so much to you to come back in this room, though. It, I mean, it's it, just it's so eerie, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a lot. I could feel a lot of energy and spirits. Yeah. Of all the people that were here that aren't here anymore. Do you remember the bed being in here? No. I think that was either before or after. Yeah, I no. Because, like, 84 Craig, our old studio manager, had got sent out. It was like one of his first weeks on the job, I think. My owner, Paul, told me that he was so excited because he got to go out and get the bed and the purple sheets for Prince, and they placed it right here where I'm sitting, actually. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know if I recall that. I remember just laying on the ground, you know, doing like in a Spanish villa and lay there and, you know, dim the lights and all that stuff. I think Pe- he said he – Peggy told me that he – he bought it for her so she could nap because <laughs> you know, he would do. He would never track more. I mean, he would always track one song in mm-hmm. one day, and he would mm-hmm. not leave till he finished it. Except when Doves Cry was yep. three days. Yep. He would start really in theory with the heartbeat because I said all music is has the spine is the drum beat. That's a heartbeat. So he'd always start with his you know Lin drum, just the beats. That's how he would start, and then from there he would layer. Yeah. You know, so I started to to you know listen. For example, the song, uh, I found my lyrics for uh, Next Time Wipe the Lipstick Off 
your caller, and um, he started playing that piano. And when I heard it, I thought it sounded like a a macabre circus gone wrong. The way he and he he just started playing it. He says, "Come up with a melody," and I didn't couldn't come up with a melody. All I heard was. I have to come up with some lyrics. So I started to come up with the lines. Next time wipe the lipstick off you. <laughs> so I started to write, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to put it on the, just on the beats. So I started doing that. And he goes, oh, I like that. He goes, keep writing. And a lot of the songs, like Oliver's House, <clears throat> Those are my lyrics also. They were stories based on, in a Spanish villa, my boyfriend, Oliver. So that's a story of, you know, Apollonia 6, the boys, the videos, sexy, playful teddy bears, you know, purple hearts, happy girls. Simply incredible, Apollonia. <laughs> I have so many questions, but I, want, I know we're semi-pressed for time or we can just stay here all night and talk <laughs> have some coffee order in some pizza or we could talk about the future and bring in my yeah, business partner we're, we're gonna get to that i have to <laughs> let me ask the you future. about you mentioned um bob dylan <laughs> yes because you know we want this whole you know this isn't a scripted thing we're not set we just sit down and have a conversation like we normally do in here and um you were here for the Bob Dylan sessions. Yes. Were you, and this is like 88, 89 maybe? It has to be, yes, about, I don't know, 80, late, I don't know, 87, 88. Okay. I first met Bob uh, through my former maid of honor, Rita Rogers. She was an Elvis girl. She was in all of Elvis's movies. Wow. And I got to hang out with like Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda in Italy. And uh, so she says... Uh, she says, Bob wants to meet you. It, I didn't know that Bob, you know, liked Latinas. So we arrange a lunch for Bob at Terra Sushi on Ventura Boulevard. And unfortunately, when people walk in, there's a bell, like a cowbell. So we got there early, and I'm nervous I'm going to meet Bob, because I, I thought Bob was hot AF. <laughs> He's sexy. AF. Yes. The kids say. Yes. So we're waiting there, and all of a sudden, you know, the door, and I look over, and, you know, the sushi, he, da -da -da -da. and they, you know, they say, you know, they greet him, and he's like, ugh, right? And I'm like, oh, God. And, you know, not a lot of people were in there, so he comes over and sits down. So that was the first time we met. Just then, you two, having sushi in the, and, and, and and Rita, in the valley. Yeah, and Rita, the three oh, of yeah, us. Yeah. So from there, he says, you know, I'm going to be at the studio, and blah, 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 and I go, oh, yeah, that's, you know, I've been at that studio. Sunset Sound, I'm recording. Exactly. So we go one day and we stop by and we hang out here. And uh, it's Rita and myself, and we're sitting there in the room. And he's in here. It's either, I think it's here. Yeah. And he's moving around, and we're just sitting there. And she says, he's nervous. And I was like, shut up, don't say You started listening. She goes, no, he's nervous. Look, watch. I go, no, he's not. I go, I'm nervous. That's Bob. And he's so cute because he grabs the mic stand. He moves it around. And he goes, they, they. <laughs> I was like, hey, Bob. Spot on. 
Ah. Apollonia's here. Apollonia. Bob. Hey. And he's moving the mic stand, and he's just moving things. He looks over, and I'm like, I think we're interrupting him. I got real self-conscious. So I said, let's give him just a little break. So we said, we'll be right back. We're going to go, you know, do you want us to bring you some food? And he goes, no, we're, I'm fine. He goes, you're going to be back? I go, yes. So we back, go back to my apartment, and this is where it gets worse. You go back to my apartment, and then she makes turkey legs, you know, broiled turkey legs. So we're sitting there eating, and then we smoke a joint after. And we fell asleep. All of a sudden, I fell on my sofa, and then I wake up, and I'm like, and it's like 11 o'clock at night, and I said, Rita! I said, we didn't go back to see Bob. She was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. I was mortified. I got kind of teary. And I was like, oh, he probably thinks we're like assholes. So he invites us to go see him at a show. Irvine somewhere. It was kind of far. And uh, we're backstage. We saw the show and we're backstage. And he made us wait like an hour. She's going to make us wait. And I was like, I'll wait a week. I don't care. So then we went backstage and saw him, and I apologized. And I told him the truth. <laughs> we got a high and I said, that. we ate turkey legs, and I smoked a joint. Can you believe I fell asleep? He goes, you smoke? I said, yes. And that's, you know, that's, that and that's what that? happened. Turkey legs and weed. Did you see him after that show ever? I'm trying to think if we ever saw him after that. Quite the sure. random encounter. Do you think he was trying to court you in a way by... Taking you to sushi in the valley? You know, that would have, I, I would was so naive. I, if that was the case, I, he's just so gorgeous to this day. You know, and, you know, Bob during his young days, I mean, gorgeous, Gemini, brilliant. Who was the session, or who, you know, I talked to Coke Johnson, who was, worked with Prince, mm -hmm. and he was on that session. Like, uh, Bob Dylan used like four bands to do the same album. Wow. Um, there was all this crazy stuff, but Coke obviously worked with Prince. Do you remember Coke or David Leonard or Peggy being yes, here? Yes, yes. David Leonard? I don't know. I don't remember them. Yeah. Yeah. You don't remember who was engineering that I day? don't think anybody was there. It was just He was just there by himself. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I would have remembered saying, hey, Peggy, hi, how are you? Or Do David. you remember Peggy when the Purple Rain yes. sessions were here? Yes. Was Susan here much? Yes. Both of them? Yes. They I just recall. started working together. Mm-hmm. Because Susan started at the house in right. uh, Minneapolis. Right. Okay, I just have a few more questions and then about eight fan questions. Then we're going to bring Seth in. We want to oh learn about Katera Entertainment and all your projects you and Shaka Khan videos he's worked on and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, we got Questlove questions. Those are top priority as well. I think Questlove is a genius in everything he does. Um, all right. So... Are you still friends with Brendan and Susan? Absolutely. We're family. They're my sisters. Yes, I do. Yep. We, uh, we see each other when we can. We want to take a little time off and spend time together, take a little vacay. You know, let's touch space on the Apollonia 6 album, though. Mm -hmm. Where was that tracked? Here or Sound Factory? Oh, my gosh. I believe at both places. Okay. Yeah. So you did a little here and mm -hmm. a little. For those who don't know, Sunset Sound's a three-room facility, but a couple blocks down, uh, Paul Camerata, who's usually mm -hmm. on this show with me, uh, owned the Sound Factory, and you right. know, just so much Red Hot Chili Peppers, Neil Young, everybody worked down there. It was a great place. Right. No longer owns it, though, but you don't remember if it was here or there? It was a little both, you said? I believe both. I know the first time I sang, attempted to sing Sex Shooter to his vocal was at his house, 
the yeah. studio that he had at his house. Okay. And um, he I gave actually, you the song. He wrote, produced it. And right. He wrote came it. Came yeah. up with it. And he wrote it for for Denise. Oh wow! Right. Okay. I didn't know that. And um, so I remember he says, "Sing something." So I sang, uh, "When I Get Older." You know, when I get older, losing my hair. And, you know, will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Woo! So I started singing that, but real sweet, you know, when I'm 64, <laughs> you know. And um, he just looked at me like. <laughs> and I, I had a great time doing it. Uh, I didn't sing the entire song because I got nervous. And he was like, okay. And he said, he goes, your voice is sweet. You know, I was like, all right. And that was the first time. And we didn't record it. We were just, you know. Did he obviously had points on the album? Did he own majority of it? What was the, because it was cool how he had, you know, he set up Morris Day. Mm -hmm. He set up the time, the revolution, Apollonia 6. He wanted to give everybody else a career too. Right. He created legends. Yeah. He gave us all a uh, platform. And the rest was up to us. So did Warner Brothers kind of give them any feedback or pushback or anything about these acts he was bringing to them, or did they love it? Do you I remember? think they were excited. Yeah. You know, he was at the point at the apex, which, you know, I'm so grateful that was part of that. So he basically had a lot of people just saying yes. You know, yes, you could do this, you could do that. Yeah. At the apex of his career, you know, winning the Oscar and everything. Do you remember, do you remember him uh, working with Stevie Nicks? No. She was in Studio One working and, mm. uh, what was that, Stand Back, the song? Yeah, He wrote no. for her in like 20 minutes. Yeah, Ugh, wow. She called him up and heard Little Red Corvette and said, I need you yes, to come Yes, I've read here. about that, yeah. yeah. And he went over to Studio One and said, da -da -da -da, do it like this, this, this. All right, see you later. Isn't that <laughs> great? It's Genius. So, yeah. He would dream music. All right, let's fire through some of these. The internet is stuffed with real live performances from the day, yet there is next to none footage, no footage, of Apollonia Cotero actually singing live. Is that because she, as the trademark owner, took the footage off for a specific reason or question mark, and her vocals on Take Me With You are heavy, heavily overdubbed with Jill Jones and mm. Brenda Bennett. Is there any raw material of the song without the overdub? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, wow. Yeah, probably in the vault. Here's an interesting question. In the slap scene, did Prince mm. just aim for the camera? Was it a mannequin used? And how many takes was that scene? That was one take. Did he actually hit you? No, we blocked it. Okay. And I was I made sure that I didn't get hit. Yeah. Because, like I said, we blocked it, so. And the whole spin around and all that, that was just me reacting to what I would have, what my body would have done had he had smacked my face. Yeah. So, you know. That was brutal. That movie was very kind of raw and. It was. It created a lot of controversy. Authentic almost. You know, it was like the sex scene was probably really graphic for that time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It was the greatest sex scene ever. But. <laughs> Um, you know, the slap. I mean, that was brutal how he, mm -hmm. did, how he did you like that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was, you know, domestic you violence. present. Misogyny. You know, got him the guitar. Yep. Okay, next. What was the most difficult part of doing the movie? What does she miss most about her friend Prince? Oh, my gosh. The most difficult part? Um, Good question. 
probably jumping in the lake because yeah. it, you know, it snowed uh, right after we finished shooting that. Uh, Al Jones, our stuntman, was in the water and he warned me that it was uh, there was mud. He says you're not going to be able to stand up. He goes, when you jump in, I'm going to grab your foot and push you out. Al, our director, walked over to that log and he says, <laughs> he grabbed a little pebble and goes, jump right there. Boink. I go, okay. So that was my mark. And uh, I was scared. And one of the crew, one of the drivers, he goes, hey, little lady, he goes, come over here. I got something right for you. And I was like, okay. And he pulls, he pulls out a flask. He goes, it's mighty cold out here right now. So he goes, Corvassi or something, I don't know. And he gave it to me, and I, and I was just kind of like got a little sweat. And then we, I did the shot, right? And when I did the shot, I actually broke a little thin sheet of ice. I didn't feel Al Jones. I kicked him. And I got out. So that was what you see is the first take. We did it two or three times after that, and then I started to hyper, have hyperthermia. Wow. They took me to a tent, and the nurse was terrified. She sounded like she was crying. And she says, we have to call an ambulance. She's, you know, and I was fading. I just remember I was like, oh, that's it. And then Prince came in, and he hugged me. And he was like, his voice, he was Apollonia. He goes, don't die. Don't die. I love you. I love you. And I remember I was just, I could hear this like faint. And I just started like, you know, and I was just like, oh, like, I'm okay. Like, I'm okay. I go, we could do it again if we have to. I go, we got it in the can, right? We got the shot in the can. <laughs> and he was really distraught, you know, it really scared him. Uh, you know, we did it again. And after that last time, I was just, that was it. That's when I got sick. There was another, and you guys filmed some of that in Beverly Hills at that lake over here too, right? Some of it, yeah. There okay. were some little, uh, yeah, pick I don't up shots where. or something. Yeah, just a pick up shots where you're sitting there looking at the, looking why, at the water. Uh, I asked this question earlier. Why was the love scene in the barn cut from the barn? We don't know. Mm -hmm. It was, there was really no love scene. That's, that's all you see because that's all we shot. And I know that people are, oh, it was, you know, there was no. Al Magnoli doesn't direct porn. Prince didn't film porn. I'm not a porn actress. Yeah. So that's what we shot. The only outtake is when you see me standing at the bar, you know, barn and I look over and they did stills. That was it. There's nothing else. I'm sorry. That's it. I promise you. That's not good enough. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a great question, which Questlove, I'm sure, wants to know. Did you ever hear When Doves Cry with bass? If so, what's it like? Well, the story of When Doves Cry, I came home one day, and I had a message from Prince on my voicemail. And he was like, ah, ha, ha. And then he was humming this, and he goes, don't erase that. I promise you, as and I've told this story, as soon as I turned around in my bedroom, he was standing there, he, I don't know, some purple cloud dropped, and he was like, give me my tape. And he took the tape. It did, I didn't even have enough time, because I was gonna record into another tape and keep it. Yeah. That's when doves cry. That was when doves cry. I gotcha. So then I said to him, I said, you know the Stevie Wonder walks around with a voice activated tape? And he walks around and records stuff. And whenever he didn't like something I said, he goes, oh, you know that CB1, so he imitated me, right? 
So um, that's how that happened. And I didn't hear, I mean, I saw the progression, heard it different versions. And uh, to this day, when I think of that, I always just think of him leaving his vocal track on my voicemail of When Doves Cry. So to answer the question, no, you didn't hear the actual version that was un with all the instruments because he unproduced the track. Right. And then I've heard several. Okay. So I'm not sure exactly, you know, when and where, but that's my stomach growling. But yeah, <laughs> I heard different variations of it. Did you hear When Doves Scream, the punk version of uh Probably. I, did, I can't recall right now. Yeah. I mean, he would always like, you know, like When Pigs Fly gotcha. or like, you know, my <laughs> lyric here, next time wipe the lipstick off your bunny and... You know. Why do you think Prince could not keep a relationship with a woman going? Oh, I don't know. That's I, yeah. I don't know. That's that's family. That's that's how could somebody that, like that though keep a relationship for you know? Well, what about women in the industry today? Mm -hmm. What about these rock stars, actresses today that can't even keep a man with all that ass, <laughs> all that beauty, all of that? You know the accolades and success, and you can't keep a man. So it. You know, in the entertainment business, it's difficult trying to maintain a relationship. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, that's my only guess. He probably needed to be constantly stimulated as well as mine. Just that's why he was constantly creating music. He right. Needed... Like Rodan, you know, remember in the movie Camille Claudel? He had a lot of, you know, sure. people there creating. Is there any insight into This Could Be Us and if there's any story to him with it? When we celebrated our 30th anniversary, um, he took me up to his office, and this is before you know he performed with Third Eye Girl, and he says, did you see this photo? And it was a meme. This could be us, but you playing? And I said, yes, I've seen it, isn't that great? And we sat there for hours. They played, uh, like he showed me a bunch of videos of performances, and I remember thinking, oh, we're gonna sit here for like five, six hours going through all of this. So he says, you know, I wrote a song. And I said, really? He goes, yes. He goes, it's inspired by us. It's about us, about this photo. He goes, the photo inspired me. And he goes, this could be us. And then he played it. And it was just amazing. I was just so thrilled. Wow. All right. Sweet. Did you ever pursue music outside of Apollonia 6? Yes. Or did you like to focus mainly on acting? Uh, I was able to do country western song on Falcon Crest, which was great. Yeah. I recorded with Greg Dooley uh, from uh, the Twilight Singers. I've been able to sing with Babel Gilberto on stage. Wow. In San Fran. Uh, I know her lyrics phonetically. Portuguese. Brasil. Okay. I'm working on stuff now. With, There's uh, lots of... Oh, go ahead. Corey Rooney. Nice. I'm working now with Corey Rooney and... Uh, the Avila brothers, Bobby Avila. So right before COVID, we were stepping into the studio. Sunset Sound? Why not? <laughs> yeah, come in here. I'll produce a track with you. All right. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? But that'd be fun. Can you imagine? Warner Brothers, give us some coin. <laughs> uh, there's lots of questions about this. I'll just ask it once. What's the beef with Sheila E? Oh, Can you my just goodness. agree to disagree? Is there something more substantial that we should know about? Let me just put it this way. I yeah. never entertain gossip. I only dance with the truth. Yeah. So I don't want to be around anything that's toxic. I stick with those that I trust and that I know tell the truth. Like Susan, little Susan, 
I love Manuela Testolini. Uh, She does God's work with her charities. So I want us to stay in the light with the people that are positive that tell the truth. Yep. And uh, because I was there, I witnessed, I know, you know, the reality of what was really going on. And I know what Prince was telling me. Uh, I'm quoting Prince that he didn't want to associate with sociopaths. That's what he said, you know, just in general with people that were toxic. So Sure. It's the truth. I don't know why we can't all just talk about the truth anymore. Right. That's, that's not even allowed to be truthful. Well, you can't, you can't rewrite history. Sure. And everything is out there. The truth is all out there. All you have to do is Google, look in archives. Yeah. So for me, I want to be consistent you know, with my friendship with him, what I wrote, what I didn't write, what I said, what I didn't say. I've met most of the female collaborators, and I've gotten along with all of them, but I know there's been a couple that don't get along with me no matter how much effort I put into the friendship. I know that I was part of the apex of his career, and that doesn't sit well with a few people. You know Desi and Lucy, Sonia and Cher, and there's Prince and Apollonia. And I got to go to the Oscars. I'm part of that Oscar-winning, you know, film that is legendary. Definitely. And it was, he selected me. Al selected me. And that's what I live with. That's where my gratitude lies. Everything outside and this, she said, he said, you know, that's enough already. So that's why I'm here to set the story straight. I'm writing my memoirs. Prince, um... The day that he called me to tell him he was getting his music, he also said that he was writing his memoirs. I almost dropped the phone. I said, you? I go, you're Mr. Mystery. You know, mystery. He says, uh, and I, you know, I asked him, I said, why are you doing that? It's because they're paying me a lot of money. He did that on the phone. And I started laughing and he says, uh, you're gonna write your memoirs. And I said, I am? Because he knew that I was always writing, you know, diaries and, you know, my poems and all that. So he says, no. He goes, stop. And I have the email to prove it. He also followed up with an email. He says, stop telling your priceless stories. He goes, you're going to get paid for every word. And he mentioned a Chris Jackson out of New York who was the first person that was going to publish his book. But then it landed with someone else and he never finished it. That is not really written by him. Uh, But he was guiding me into writing mine. He said that mine would come out within the year after his release. So I said, okay, let's do it. Wow. So I'm still writing. I mean, there's just so much. Sure. So I'm, I'm writing my memoirs. All right. Was there any kind of like beef, I guess, between you two? Have you ever seen her recently? Who? Sheila? I'm just understanding what the, pro- the issue was. I think the issue with her is that I wrote The Glamorous Life and she wrote a book that he was very upset about, I guess some bio or something, and he asked me, because did you read it? I said, no. And uh, she claims that she co-wrote the song with him, and that's not true. Sure. If you look at, yeah. there's a book, The Purple Rain Sessions, you know, it's the day, they're like lawyer's time notes. What engineer, who was there, who sang it, who wrote it, who did this, who did that? And, uh, you know, I had this friendship for many years and helped raise a lot of funds for her charities. I don't know whatever happened to the music schools or all of that. I did it with my best effort with love um, to protect her, to take care of her, 
you know, help the sister. You know, I just did, I really did a lot to yeah. help. And uh, I never realized at one point just, you know, Prince said, you know, you're, you shouldn't do that. You're being used. So he was giving me advice. And at one point, I didn't want to get in the middle of any kind of discord between him and other collaborators. I was like, oh. But then it started to affect me, you know. And sure. it's, just speak the truth. Tell the truth, you know. That's, you didn't write, you know, I, we wrote it. I brought glamour into Minnesota. I brought glamour to Prince. Like I said, I took him to see Marilyn, the Max Factor Museum, you know, and clothing, Eileen Warren. I styled Susan and Brenda. I styled Sheila E. The outfit that she wore, the mean coat, that was my bit for the glamorous life. I was going to do the James Brown bit where I'm, you know, with my gown, and then I throw my mean coat, and little Susan grabs it. That was my bit. So I took her to Aline Warren. We styled her. We straightened the hair. You know, makeup artists, all the photographers that I knew from Hollywood and makeup people, I shared with Prince and his collaborators. Uh, I discovered Kenny Ortega. He directed my video, Sex Shooter. Oh. I discovered Paul Starr. Uh, Rani St. Nicholas, I was the one that found her card. I introduced her to Prince. And then they dated. And then they collaborated. So I was already working here in Hollywood. So like I said, you know, when I saw Sheila, I said, oh, I know the look. And it was my idea to have her do the glamorous life. And I said, have her do a drum solo. And Prince looked at me, he goes, you think so? And I go, yeah, that'd be awesome. And of course, for me, it was selfish reasons because I'm a songwriter. And then I don't have to go out and sell the glamorous life or Manic Monday in a corset worldwide. I'm... I went to parochial school. And I'm not saying I'm, you know, Miss Innocent, but that is, that was tough all over the world in a corset in undies, you know, with cameras way in the bottom, especially, you know, certain countries. So my thought was, yeah, let her do it and let me style. Yeah. So yes, I'm the truth. Yeah. It's out there. We want to Praise the Lord. The truth is setting me free. This is so great. God bless the truth. Wow. I think, you know, why does this stuff need to be kept secret? It's people want to know. I think, you know, a lot of people put money into the, these projects and, uh, you know, people are curious. People are fans. People deserve to, you know, have their story be the truthful one. And well, there's, I, you know, egos. It's not, I'm not starting a fight. No. Just, you know, <laughs> but, you know, for know. me, it's it, this all has been very difficult because I embraced, you know, collaborators with, you know, an open heart. So for me, it was like, I was hurt, Yeah, you know, I was really hurt. I took it personal. So, but that's just me and I have forgiveness. You were a you know? giant piece of the greatest artist's life, you know, a big piece of it. And till the end. Yeah. And till the end. That brings us, well, I have two more questions. What's your favorite Prince track besides Purple Rain? I love Computer Blue. Wow. Great that's, answer. Yeah. Super sexy song. And he, he. In that, I was like, <gasps> stop staring. I was like, don't look at him, don't look at him, don't fall in love, don't fall in love, don't look, don't look, just look away. I was like, oh my gosh, um, the veil and all that. I remember I, I told him, I said, do something over your eyes, like Excalibur. And uh, the, the uh, costume designer then put the veil over his eyes. What is, last question, what is your favorite memory of Prince? A little, was it laying on his carpet, listening to him play piano? That sounds pretty <laughs> amazing. Was it shooting Purple Rain on a certain day? Was it eating spaghetti the first night? 
I believe it was he he actually it's he talked about it was reading the reviews after the movie came out and we were laying underneath the piano with pillows and we started to read the reviews at Hugo's restaurant we had the LA Times I said do you know what Citizen Kane is he goes what I go hard days night I'm looking around I was like Citizen Kane I go they're comparing us he had never seen that so we watched all that that's cool yeah Hugo's on La Cienega or La Brea? It's on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard and Kings Road. Okay, so it was right around the corner from your apartment. Yep, so we'd walk down from my apartment down the street. He wore his purple coat and then chick behind us. And then people would be driving. They were like, holy shit, Prince. <laughs> or we'd ride his motorcycle. I'd be in the back seat and people would be like, nah, nah. When they saw you guys out after the movie, I mean, that had to be like seeing. You know, like, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. People would freak out. I bet. <laughs> Good times. Were the paparazzi as crazy as they are today, back then? Yes, especially in Japan. Oh, my yep. gosh. They were very aggressive. Very aggressive. And following you around and, you know, trying to break into your room and all that stuff. So, uh, Even after Purple Rain, though, you know, you've had success with, you started Kotera Entertainment. Yes. And then bringing us up to six weeks before Prince had passed, you and Seth, who's also in the room here. Seth, you got time to come over and hang out yeah. with us? Sure. Come have a seat with us, buddy. Awesome. We want to introduce Seth. Now, Seth, you have one of the, the greatest mothers ever. Do you want to mention who your <laughs> mom is? Well, um, my mother's name is Mallia Franklin. Uh, in the industry, she was called the Queen of Funk, and uh, she's from George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic. She was a lead singer, Parlette. Uh, she introduced Bootsy to George Clinton. Wow. Back in 1971. She brought uh, Junie Morrison into Parliament Funkadelic, produced One Nation Under a Groove and not just Knee Deep and all of that in 78. She introduced Dr. Dre to Roger Troutman, which turned into the California oh, love man. for Tupac yeah. in the '90s. She was, she was uh, actually training the girls that sang for Death Row to sound like Parlette and the Brides of Funkenstein. <laughs> they actually paid her to do that you so they could get the sound. I just flew in from Nashville, and yeah. we sat next to. Uh, there was a stop in Vegas, and the woman next to me. I have her phone number. She was uh, one of the singers on for Death Row. Okay. You might know her. She lives in Vegas now and still sings. Nan uh, was it Nancy Fletcher? Yep. Yep. I believe so. <laughs> I, I, sorry to throw you off, Nancy but that's... Nancy Fletcher, uh, yeah. I just said actually, she goes, oh, yeah, I, I used to be at the studio on uh, San Vicente all the time and told me all. I was like, oh, yeah. my gosh, tell me every Tupac story you know. Yeah, if, oh, it was, wow. if it was Nancy Fletcher, then she actually posted, not too long ago on Instagram, a beautiful story about when she met my mother at Death Row. Records, wow. so holy cow! So yeah. then, also her work with Prince, she did. Yeah, she did. Tell me she, about that. She did. Um, well, she she been, was in the movie that I was supposed to do. Yeah, which she was, was supposed in, to be our she sequel. was in Graffiti Bridge, uh, performing with George. Uh, her and Prince had been friends for years. Prince was anybody knew, that knew him knew he was a big uh, Parliament Funkadelic fan. Of course. And uh, one of his favorite spinoffs from Parliament Funkadelic was Parlette. And as a matter of fact, he redid one of their songs called Cookie Jar. And you know, if Prince redoes somebody, he <laughs> must really love them. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, yeah, so they they did uh, they were friends for many years, and she did all the Paisley Park George Clinton albums, and uh, so she played she played at Glam Slam many times, sometimes with Prince working the board up in the control room. Jeez. Incredible. Yeah, so they they had a long-standing friendship, and as and as a matter of fact, when I got to meet him, which was when we saw him yeah, uh, February twenty eighth, twenty sixteen. Um, that was we, the first time you met him in San Francisco at his show. Yeah, yeah, at the after party. And it was me and Apple and Jill Jones who introduced me to Apollonia. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Susan Muncy and Susan's sister. And it was so funny because I was sitting across from him. And I know he's probably thinking, who's this guy? You know, sure. with, with my girls. Who's mm -hmm. this guy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. It was so funny, I'll, you know, I tell the story that I wasn't in the atmosphere yet. He kind of like looked around me, looked, you know, I wasn't in the atmosphere, even though I was right in front of him. And I just took a chance and I said, okay, just stand up. So I just stood up, I held my hand out <laughs> and he stood up and held his hand and sh shake, shake my hand. And I said, you know, it's so great to finally meet you. I said, my mother is Malia Franklin. He Mind said, blown. He said, who'd you say your mother was? He said, I said, my mother is Mally Franklin from Parliament Funkadelic. And he backed up and he looked at me. And he said, you look just like your mother. So sweet. After that moment, I was in the atmosphere. <laughs> I got the eye contact. I got the, I was in the atmosphere <laughs> from that moment. He had to make sure I was cool. Incredible. So, yeah. What, uh, what venue was that at? Ooh, that was oh like a gosh. club. Yeah. Where was the first show at, though? Where Where did you guys go watch we him perform? We went to the Palace. We went. To, I think we went to the Paramount. Paramount. Yeah. He in performed. Oakland. Yeah. Okay. And then after that show, because a little bit of history, the way that we met was Jill hooked us up so we could all go to Denise Vanity's memorial. Yeah. That's how we met. What year was that? Like 2016. 2016. Oh, yeah, she, she died they, four years, five years ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and he it's passed February, away February six, fifteenth. Something like that. Yeah, I think yeah, the day after it, Valentine's, yeah. 2016. So, that's how we met, mm -hmm. and um, uh, Jill called me, and I had known Jill for a few years, and Jill said um, we had planned to go, and she said, um, I think Avalonia wants to go with us. I said, What? <laughs> She said, yeah, I think Apollonia wants to go with us. I said, well, you know, that's like a four-hour drive. Are you sure she wants She said, yeah, yeah, I think she wants to go. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And that's how we met. And uh, we were supposed to stay one night. Yep. We were just going to go to the memorial and then leave. And then Prince announced his show, which was the following day, which was Sunday. Mm -hmm. And Apple said, um, I just got a call from Prince's manager. He heard we're here for Denise's service. And... Do you want to go see Prince? He heard. How did he know? <laughs> so of course we said, we said, yeah, yeah, let's go. And mm -hmm. um, so we went to the show, and then uh, his manager came up and invited us to the after party, which was in some club that had like no signage or somewhere yeah. in San Francisco, like down a dark alley yeah. and <laughs> around a corner. Yeah, yeah, we were like, where are we going? Yeah, and so uh, that's when we got a chance to. That's when he got a chance so to spend time. Vanity's mm -hmm. service, or Denise's service, mm -hmm. was up north? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was living in San Jose. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And then Prince just happened to have a show that same day or it within 48 hours? Yep. It was the next day. Wow, that is strange. And yep. that, was a, that was an unbelievable show. show. Did and he say anything for her? You know, he sang a song for her. He didn't, he sang a song for her, it was really interesting. He didn't say, this is for vanity or anything like that. But he sang the song and I remember our row, mm. we were just in tears, our row. Me, Jill, Apple, Susan, Susan's sister, Jill's a cousin. We were just all in tears. Mm. And he got to the end and he just said, and now she's gone. And mm -hmm. we just lost it. Yeah. Because we knew, we had already felt it. We knew it was for her. Mm -hmm. sure. But he confirmed yeah. it at the end. Yeah, he confirmed yeah. it at the end. Wow. He, he introduced us. Yeah. When we, we were like, of course, we all held hands and we all looked at each other like, you know, just. Wait a minute. Prince is up on stage and says, here's Apollonia. And, and Susan. And, did the yeah. whole place go nuts? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The people in front of you like. <gasps> yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It, it was unbelievable for me being a, you know, a fan in the 80s because I'm sitting here and I'm looking at Jill and Apple and Susan, three women that inspired songs he was singing. Yeah. You know, he's singing She's Always In My Hair and I know that's about Jill. Yep. Singing When Doves Cry, I know that's about Susan. Yep. Singing Take Me With You, you know, that he wrote specifically for him and Apple and it's just, it was for me, I was a 12 year old boy and I was just Aww. like, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was an unbelievable moment. Unbelievable wow. moment. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. What was the last song that he played? What did he close with that night? Oh, oh. gosh. I don't. We were just like in a daze. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was really difficult. Yeah. You know? I want to look it up online. I'm sure it's Yeah, I can't somewhere. remember. Might have been Purple Rain, maybe. Yeah, probably. Might have been know. Purple Rain. I want to talk about your guys' uh, business venture next, but uh, let's do the Quest Love questions. Oh, Should sure. We? Yeah. Before I forget, I have a couple of them here. It says, uh, okay, we've I answered. Read them? Or do you want to read them? You, you could read. Um, yeah. Or I'll, you know, here, because some ahead. of them we've already answered. Right. And, uh, yeah, we talked about the lake and about Manic Monday and about, oh, okay. Tell the story about Mr. Christian, Ushishi Blue Limousine video. How did it come to be? How long did it take to make? Why was it scrapped? Ricky Nelson. Um, that was a long-form video that we put together for our album. We had Ricky Nelson playing Mr. Christian. We had my friend Buck Henry in it, my good friend, I was so thrilled, and Edie Williams. Yep. We had caskets, and then Ricky passes away right after. And you know, the whole thing that he died, and he came back, oh, Mr. Christian, you're alive. And uh, I believe it was scrapped for many reasons, and I don't think Prince liked it. And we weren't all that happy with it. And, um, it was never edited. It's never, it was never finished. So it was just telling the story of, you know, the whole album. Um, so I think that's what happened. It was scrapped, you know, and not finished. So when I saw Prince in 2016, he says, you could re-edit if you want. We're going to re-release. He talked about movies, new music. He asked if I wanted to get back together with the girls, and he says, why don't you re-edit? I go, well, I'll hire the editor and supervise, but I, I can't edit. He goes, well, you know what I mean. He goes, just, we could finish it. He goes, you could finish it. So I had all this hope and expectations the last two years, because he was, you know, he had plans, so. Yeah. 
So that's that's that. And then he asked the one question that we didn't answer was Smokey the Rabbit real? Yes, he was. Smokey the Rabbit was my um, my little roommate, and he had a. At the end, I was traveling, and my brother was taking care of him, and he jumped out and ended up somewhere in a field in San Pedro. He ran away. Smokey just said, this is getting too hot for me here. This purple world is just too much, and he split. <laughs> <laughs> my little bunny, Smokey. Wow. So let's... Um Questlove, that's so cool that he contributes questions. He's such a yes. prince historian. He is. Friend. Sweetheart. Um, he's worked in this room. He did a podcast in here. He's, I've never seen somebody work so much. He just oh, won an yeah. Oscar for his uh, Sly Stone doc, was it? And he's got another film he's working on. Yeah. Oh, he's know. on The Tonight Show. He's a yeah. member of the Legendary Roots crew. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. He's a worker. Yeah. He is a musicologist, too. He knows everybody <laughs> that played on everything. Have you met him before? Oh, yeah. He was mm -hmm. actually spent some time with us when we were... The, the day after Denise, he well, was up in San Francisco. That, yeah, too. He yep. was there. He we just, saw. Poof! He was there. I yeah, was he like, was wow. there. We went to. We all went to. Uh, we all went to Fisherman's Wharf. Yep, at night and got chocolate. Yep, we took sure photos did. with him. We went to Ghirardelli and he was so yeah, cute. Was Remember, there. he was all geeking out with the girls. Yeah. You couldn't believe. And then Jamie Shoup was there. Yeah, Prince's assistant. It's legendary. First manager. Uh, purple. Yeah. Yep. If you know your purple history, you know who Jamie Shoup is. Yep. So Questlove was in his element he was yeah. so thrilled he was so happy did he know denise i don't know That's he a was good at question. the memorial right yes yeah yes yeah. Mm -hmm. well he could have just wanted to come pay his respects yes yeah. yeah. i remember giving him all the info and stuff you know address and all that he said he was going to come out so we were expecting him it was, cool. what girardelli girardelli yeah yeah we had chocolate at night yep. that's awesome yeah mm -hmm. Is that like uh where we just were up there north beach like Little Italy? Yes. Yeah. 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 Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah. Wharf. Yeah. Yeah, I love San Francisco. We were at Hyde Street, and I was telling you that great George Clinton story. Yes. <laughs> Is your mom still with us? She's not. She passed away in 2010, um, and I am at the age of 57. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I'm doing... Um, is I'm finishing something that we started before mm -hmm. she passed away, is I actually just finished writing uh, my mother's <laughs> memoirs. Uh, it's actually a collective memoir of my mother, um, original Parlettes, Debbie Wright, originals Brides of Funkenstein, Dawn Sylvan, Lynn Mabry, uh, Shirley Hayden, who was a member of Parlette. Uh, I wrote a, um, uh, a book called Mothership Connected, The Women of Parliament Funkadelic. And uh, so I, I was able, well, of course, you know, living it, so to speak, but I was able to do hours of interviews with my mother before she passed away. Oh, that's special. And, um, you know, one thing that I, this was a book that took me about 15 years to finish, but within those years, I mean, everybody's in this book. George Clinton's interviewed in the book, Bootsy Collins, Bernie Worrell, who's no longer with us, Gary Scheider, who's no longer with us. Um, um, Sly Stone is in the book. Whoa. Um, Boot, yeah, Bootsy's Bootsy. in the book. Um, James Brown. Uh, James isn't in the book, but there's my mother was engaged to James Brown in the 80s. What? Yes. <laughs> so there's that whole story there. Um, and of course, you know, the whole, the whole, the complete story of how my mother uh, brought Bootsy 
to Detroit and introduced him to George and all of that. So yeah, so I interviewed about 30 people, all the collaborators, the producers, all of George's right-hand men and women, uh, the road managers, the business managers. So I think that my book probably will probably be, and I'm tooting my horn a little bit, but it will probably be the most a well-rounded story of the story of Parliament Funkadelic through the eyes of the women. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's the good, the bad, the ugly, the success, the truth, the failure, the, the everything. Mm-hmm. When's it going to be released? Well, uh, right now I have three publishers that <laughs> have shown interest in it. One of them being Third Man Books, yeah. as we talked about, and uh, you know, so they're looking into it. But I have. You know, I'm I'm a proactive guy. So. It's finished, though. Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. done. Release it yourself. It's done. That's what I was about to say. I'm a proactive guy. So if a deal doesn't come along that I don't that I don't think is the best thing for it, I'm ready to just put it out independently. And it's slews of never before seen photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really. What's your is. Instagram? <laughs> I follow you right now. There's two Instagrams. My okay. personal Instagram is Seth Million. S E T H A million. Spell that for me. Oh, I got your right here. Yep. million. Yep. Seth. And then I have an Instagram for the book, which is Mothership Connected on Instagram. Is that going to be the title? That is the title, mm-hmm. Mothership Connected. Wow. And it's a it's an un, it's a you know has many different meanings. Of course, it's play on the, mm-hmm. their uh, uh, monumentous album Mothership Connection. But, uh, you know, it's really, it also has pieces of the fact that my mother connected George with so many people that made Parliament Funkadelic into the powerhouse and the juggernaut that it became. And uh, um, also, uh, one the Brides of Funkenstein's biggest hit, which was called Disco to Go, uh, there, the biggest tagline in it was the Mothership Connection. The Mothership Connection is here. So there's a whole... Yeah, here's your mom with the Shock G. Yeah, that's my mom with Shock G. R.I.P. to Shock G, another great performer, producer, writer. Yeah. Found Tupac. Yeah, she did a a lot of work with uh, Death Row. She did, she wrote stuff with Snoop Dogg. Uh, And yeah. Just everybody. (laughs) Yeah, she was, she literally was with everybody. I want, I I think that she might have, I'm not sure, but I think she might have recorded a song with Dave Stewart here from Eurythmics. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. We're actually doing something with uh, an artist that Dave Stewart's producing from Bahamas. Okay. He goes down there. Yeah, she did. She did a song, her last song, I think, in the studio was uh, with uh, Dave Stewart and. Gary Mudbone Cooper, my uncle Muddy, who was the uh, let's uh, a lead singer of a group called Sly Fox back in the eighties, had a big song called "Let's Go All the Way," and they mm-hmm. did a song for Alfie for the film Alfie. Yeah, with Jude Law. Yep. Yeah, wow. that was a remake. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I want to say they might have done that here. Yeah, they did the soundtrack. They've done so many okay. soundtracks here. That was was a wow. great movie. I thought it was just about this Playboy, but then yeah. it was like at the end of the life, he shows you how yeah. empty all that is. Yeah, like true wow. love, and you know that's what yeah. I, I got. That was a good yeah. good flick. So they did the theme here, right? called "Darkness of Your Love." That was the name of the song. So what? Your mom recorded that here. Yeah, 
with wow. Dave Stewart and uh, Mudball. I'll have to look wow. for some pictures of yeah. her. We have a bunch of stuff up in the vault. Yeah. Release this yourself. You know, we don't. There, social media is so powerful today, and you know, mm -hmm. you go through a publisher, a buck a book. Yeah. Get some. Yeah. Uh, you know, this took you a long time. You deserve yeah. some. Credits sure and finances. Like yeah. Worldwide distribution. Yeah. Yeah. And there's already movie people that are interested in that. Yeah. So Quest we want to make sure that it's done the right way because it's it's quite an interesting story. It's mm -hmm. quite an interesting story. Civil rights, uh, 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 the original brides, Lynn and Dawn. Lynn was Sly Stone's cousin. So they were his background singers through like after the family stone was over through like 76, 77. Wow. And then, I need to read this. Oh, it's, Let's it's give me a copy first. It's, and it's, <laughs> it's breathtaking. Riveting. Oh, oh. I bet. Yeah. Took a long time, but mm -hmm. it's, it's finally done. Like Such what? an accomplished woman. And that was a, you know, a tough part mm. of the music industry to be a woman and just, yeah. you know. Yeah, and she was an aggressive woman. I she bet. wasn't a she wasn't a wallflower. She was an aggressive woman, and so you know, I had to uh, get her, you know, her story out there. You know, perfect example when Parliament Funkadelic got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in '97. Not one woman was inducted with them. Wow. Not one member of Parlet or one member of the Brides of Funkenstein. So those mm -hmm. are things that are going to get you know. I think that with this story, when people read this story, they'll see how, just how important they were. You've read it already, Apollonia? Yes, yes, we uh, read it together and lost it when it was finished. I bet it's amazing, yeah, you should just really see yourself. We'll go mm -hmm. do, come back on here, we'll talk about it some more, oh, get yeah. some people, I'll give you Dave Stewart's yeah. email. That'd be great, and, um, yeah. that'd be awesome, because there's, yeah, there's just, it. you know, he's being you know restrained right now, but there's just so much. And for me to have read that, it's just the similarities in my career and, you know, the difficulties, you know, how we were treated terribly, you know, Purple Rain. Yeah. Tipper Gore, you know, just hounding us. We faced uh, a lot of racism. Prince used to have to, and I'm going to say this, we would get pulled over in Minnesota and he'd have to slip money to the cops to leave, you know, like Jerome and everybody alone, but we got pulled over a couple times, you wow. know. So we faced a lot of racism, you know, and we didn't get to present at the Oscars. He won the Oscar by, I mean, I, we were in shock, but we weren't allowed to present. <clears throat> I remember I wanted to, you know, get my outfit and present. They says, we're not invited, but we're gonna do the red carpet. Yes, we don't know if we're gonna win. We're not really sure, but I go, we can't present? Prince and I can't go and present? There was no space for us. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Well, you protect Prince's legacy very well. I know you were a good friend of his, and obviously, you know, an angel to him at certain points. Um, I can't wait to read your memoir someday as well. Oh, thank you. I think it's just time, like, you know, this studio houses so many stories, so mm -hmm. much music, so much energy, love, frustration, creativity. Right. Like why, and you know, with all these great legends passing away, their stories are going to be gone forever, and then we're only right. going to be left with what this new stuff is, which yeah. I'm not a giant fan of. Some of it's <laughs> awesome, but, you know, what it took to make an album in those days, right. running it on tape, yeah. with Prince playing every instrument. Mm -hmm. I mean, those kind of things just don't happen anymore. From, yeah. you know, He had that warehouse <clears throat> where he would rehearse, and I remember when, you know, I got there 
he had a little stage and then he got up there and I sat down on a, it was a little folding chair and he played every instrument and then he took it, he went, took a bow and I stood up and I clapped. And that's when I was like, oh shit, oh my God. I was like freaked out, you know, and I was like, oh, that's wonderful. But then I remember thinking, I have my confidences on set, you know, when they hit your mark, my dialogue, I'm an actor, I know my blocking, I know, you know, I'm not going to stage him in this scene because I wouldn't do that, you know, actors do that. So I was, that's where my confidence lied, you know, and I was like, okay. And they said, you know, roll. I was like, I felt great. Peggy said, you know, when she saw him for the first time, she worked with him for like three years mm -hmm. and never saw him play at a concert. And then she went to Texas and saw him, and she was like, I was sweating. It was just, you know, yeah. I, I finally got it then. Yeah. People that, and seeing him live, I saw him. I was telling you about Foster the People. Mark Foster was standing next to me down the street here when Prince was playing one of his impromptu shows. This is probably eight years ago. And he took a picture. And two of the biggest bodyguards picked Mark Foster up. Mark Foster did Pumped Up Kicks, as a successful <laughs> mm -hmm. artist. And he's a little guy. And they picked him up and took him outside and made him delete all his photos. And oh, went, wow. There was no photography in those quiet, you know. Oh, that sounds like a bad situation <laughs> over at the house. <laughs> wow, crazy. Yeah. No one ever, I haven't seen one picture of him in the studio. I've asked all the engineers, producers, mm -hmm. I, Wendy, I messaged her. Um, no one. I'd love to just see a picture of him working in here. You know, mm. see yeah. the mic he was setting up. Anything. Yeah. I always can't. He knows that I had a camera and I have Polaroid, so I took a lot of shots, but not in the studio because I know that it was like you know. Yeah. He would have like, you know, taken that camera and. <laughs> I have a gift for you. <gasps> really? Yes. A record deal. A production <laughs> deal. <laughs> so we made a hundred of these. This is the work order. Oh my gosh! From Purple Rain on the day that he worked on it in here, and it's oh, signed Prince oh Rogers Nelson. Oh my goodness! I got it framed for you. Thank and you. You're, oh my you're gosh! So the fans, you know, we wow. made these and put them on SunsetSound.com, and it's like this is the perfect thing wow. for. It's not Warner Brothers, Prince Estate, right. from Sunset Sound. This is official work order signed by Prince, Peggy McCreary. It's beautiful. Times they worked. And look I'll at get that. you one as well. I didn't know you were coming, Seth, right. but I'll take yes. care of you, buddy. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll set it Oh, my right gosh. Thank you. That is so cool. Yeah. Now we got to get the oh, the platinum purple rain. I only have the original, the first, the very first one. He gave it to me. Prince gave it to me. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, but I'd like <laughs> to get the... And then we didn't know that Apollonia 6 went gold and platinum. I believe it went platinum. Yeah, and we still don't have our albums. So I have to get them. And they make were you pay for them, you know, all they those were, ones. No, there. Prince had them at Paisley Park. Oh, gotcha. And now they're missing. Are you in touch with someone in the state, at least, about anything pertaining to Purple Rain or maybe art or work you did, or is there somebody over there that's nice enough to? I I'm not at liberty to discuss that right sure. now. Sure. You know. Yeah. There's there's things happening right now, so you know we're hoping for the best. Yeah. Put it that way. Right. When people pump. pass away, you know, then it's like you yeah. kind of just lose everything. And That's true. It's tough. Yep. Well, anything else we want to talk about? Plug? What's your social medias if people want to follow you? Oh, you know, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Apollonia Cotero. 1-P-A-P-O. Yeah, Apollo Nia. Yeah. Um, we're working on projects on production, TV and film. 
Yeah. Uh, we were actually getting started on a few projects before COVID, uh, the year that we all lost, right? We lost a year. We lost a lot of loved ones. But now we're, you know, back at the starting gate. Yeah. and We're going to do a lot of the fun stuff, yeah. like uh, merchandise, like this beautiful Whoa. Apollonia shirt right one? here. I need that. I took the picture. <laughs> I took the picture. Yeah, you did my makeup and hair and everything. So, yeah. So we're going to have T-shirts and yeah. apparel and makeup. and My all brand. The, all the brand, Apollonia brand. And Are those so. available now? The Soon. shirts? They Soon. will yeah. be. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're working on all of that yeah, now. They'll be available apolloniacatero.com. They will mm -hmm. be. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. This give is, you the info. Yeah, I need one of those shirts. I'll Absolutely. Make sure you get it. I'm giving the red one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank this you, Drew. It's been one very special evening in my life. And obviously, you know, coming back, this is what this show's designed for for people that worked in the studios, have stories, they can come in here and share them so then they're documented forever. You know, Sunset Sound's not gonna be here forever, but the stories can live on. That's right. And we can, you know, know the truth and... Yep, the uh, truth, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Thank you, Drew, Thank to you. give us, you know, this opportunity yes. to set the record straight and... It's your life, <sighs> you know? Nobody can tell others what your experience and truth in life is. Thank you can you. tell it, people can say what they want and... We just sat here casually and <laughs> talked about Sunset and Prince and Purple Rain and Seth's mother, who's a legend, and the book. Absolutely. And this is great stuff. This is what we need more content like this. So, Thank and you. you know, we have a purple shirt that I yes. wear here. Go to sunsetsound.com. Use the awesome. code APPLES for 10% off. And oh. also you can buy the Purple Rain work order in there. Oh. We need that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you that work order. I have one in my house. I think that's the coolest thing ever to know to have right. that property. I mean, it's the exact work order from Purple Rain. That's right. You can own it. It's like, so. like I said, it's like lawyers, you know, time notes. You see exactly who was there, what time, and all that. So it's all, you know, the truth. That's so cool. <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to share? You, did we, we covered a lot of ground. I think we've covered everything. I, I think we have. Yeah. All Thank right. you so much. Thank I'm you. just thrilled, and I'm hoping that, you know, everybody, you know, watches the show and watches all the other series. I'm hoping that my collaborators and my Purple family are happy with my interview. I'm hoping that, you know, I know people will have, you know, some purple ruffled feathers, but this is life. And, you know, like I said, I don't entertain gossip because, you know, the truth yeah is the truth. Amen. Thank you, Drew. Thank you. Seth, for yeah. favorite Thank purple, you, Seth. our favorite Prince song. <laughs> my favorite one? Oh, my God. I think, honestly, my favorite one probably is The Beautiful Ones. Mm. Something about The Beautiful mm -hmm. Ones. Now, mind you, I go way back. Yeah. I turned my mother on to Prince when he had the Fair Fawcett flip, <laughs> and he was on the Pegasus on the back. At oh, eight, eight, I turned her on to that. And then eight. at nine... She heard me singing Head off a of Dirty Mind and said, oh, absolutely not. Give me that album right now. <laughs> but I had already, already taped it on cassette, so I was still listening to it. If anyone has a good almost cut my hair live version, I've been trying to find that everywhere because the live version, it's like seven minutes long. Mm -hmm. that, the Cross has always been kind of one of my favorite Prince songs. Mm -hmm. The Cross almost cut mm -hmm. hair, the live version. I need a good wow. comment if you have a good link to that because I'd love to see and listen to it. Yeah. Um, but again, thank you so much, guys. Thank, thank you. you. That was great. Right. Yes.